This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And welcome to it. It's about uh, six minutes after four o'clock, and we are right back at it. Hope you are as well enjoying this afternoon. And the phone lines, yeah, open. It is a live call-in show here, the Employment Law Show, 604-280-9898. Email address we use is help at employmentlawyer.ca. You can use that any time. And if you haven't been there, it's a, a wonderful website. Again, free, anonymous, and it's full of information. It's like having a lawyer with you 24-7 pocket employment lawyer. .ca. Coming up on the show today, in between everything else, everything you ever needed to know about constructive dismissal. If you're not even familiar with the term, you're about to get educated in a big way. But as mentioned, live call-in show here, so your phone calls are uh, welcomed and supportive. 604-280-9898 to get the afternoon happening, the week that was, pal. How are you? Hey, John. Uh, doing great. Happy to be here. And by the way, happy Father's Day to you. Yeah, you uh, as well. Yep. Thank you. Thank you very much. And to everyone out there listening, uh, we are live today and we're here to take on questions and answer them and hopefully make you feel better about your workplace rights. I know you have questions because I've been feeling them all week, probably for the last uh, three months, really, uh, about yeah. COVID-19 and the impacts on your job. And maybe you've been laid off or you want to know whether you qualify for the CERB. Whatever the issue is, no problem. Bring it on right now. Let's talk about it. Let's answer questions. doesn't have to be related to COVID-19, of course. Whatever it is, and if it touches on the workplace, we'll answer it. And if you do have a question and you're kind of struggling with it, but you don't want to call us on the show right now, that's okay. You can reach out to me privately and that contact information we'll share with you throughout the show but don't be bashful help yourself and others that are listening by calling us right now but a week there was a couple situations that uh, I dealt with just over the past few days uh, first one well actually John both of these fall into categories of employers incorrectly assuming that employees yeah. have resigned so uh, the first one uh, I'll tell you about, I spoke with a gentleman who uh, in his workplace, there was no such thing as social distancing. Uh, the, the company didn't do anything to ensure that employees are, are apart. There was no measures taken to reduce the number of people in the workplace. A lot of people, no, no possibility of social distance, no masks to speak of. Everything uh, that they could have done wrong, this employer did wrong. Well. This particular employee did the right thing, the reasonable thing, and said, I'm not coming into work. I am not coming into work until I feel safe, until you, employer, do something about it. Yeah. Well, once you know it, he gets a text message from his employer on, on an evening last week saying, well, I, I, I'm then considering you to have resigned from your job, wishing you all the best, goodbye. Uh, obviously, that's when he calls me, this individual, and he wanted to know, wait a second, I mean, did I do something wrong here or, or did my employer do something wrong? So let's be very, very clear. An employer has a strict legal obligation to ensure workplace safety. That's always true, but it's even more true now during COVID-19. So the employer has to follow all directions from the health authorities in terms of social distancing, in terms of cleaning and sanitization, whether it's masks, they have to follow it. And if they cannot follow those directions, they cannot open their business. Mm -hmm. Well, this employer didn't do that. And the employee was well within his rights to say, I'm not working. 
I am not putting myself in a situation where really the workplace now is in an illegal environment. So that's not a resignation. That was a perfectly appropriate thing to do. In fact, what this employer did is terminated their employment, but they've done more than that. If you're trying to stand up for your rights to be in a safe work environment, and as a result of that, you get fired, we call that a reprisal. It's illegal to do that. So not only is this employer going to have to pay a hefty amount of severance to the employee, there's going to be additional damages because they should not have fired this person because all he was trying to do is ensure that him and his colleagues are safe. Now, that outcome would have been different had the employer done you know, what it's supposed to as far as precautions and the person says, you know what, I still don't feel safe. I'm still not coming in. That's different, isn't it? That is different. If the employer does what it's required to do uh, and the employee says, well, I, I, I appreciate you did that, but I still don't want to come in. I'm still not safe. Then the employer is actually allowed to consider that to be a resignation, but not in a situation where the employer is not doing its part, which is what happened here. That's a termination. That's a reprisal. And there's going to be some, uh, some money that's going to have to be paid uh, to this employee. Again, we are live, 604-280-9898 here on the air. It's about 11 minutes after 4 o'clock. You have lots of time to make your, uh, make your phone call. What else, uh, what else you got going on? I spoke with a lady uh, just beginning of the week, and she had been called back to work as her business reopened, but her employer says, we're going to need you back only three days a week. She had worked five days a week for her entire 10 years with the company, full-time, Monday to Friday, and the employer said, three days, we don't know for how long. It could be a month. It could be six months. It could be two years. We have no idea. We can only have you work for, for three days. She said, well, no, I want to work for five days. I, I'm not going to come in to work for three days. Uh, I, it's just not in terms of my employment. I need more income than that. So same text message, believe it or not. Okay, <laughs> then we consider you to have resigned. Uh, she calls me and she wanted to know, can they do that? Well, the answer is no, absolutely not. An employer does not have a right to change terms of employment in a significant way. Even now, during the pandemic, the same rules apply. So your employer cannot change significant terms of employment. If you do, you don't have to accept it. You can refuse it. That's not a resignation. That's a termination. We'll talk more about constructive dismissal later on the show. But I want everyone to understand and remember this, that if your employer wants to change your days of work, your hours of work, your compensation, uh, you know, your work location, demote you, if that's what they want to do, well, you would then have a right to treat that as a termination of employment because the law says, this is not me talking, this is the law saying, that an employer does not have a right to make those types of changes to the terms of your employment. 604-280-9898. That is the number to call in live here. Ask your questions. Yeah, as you've, you've said so many times, you know, your employment rights because of COVID-19 are not on a temporary layoff. They are still robust. <laughs> they're still active. So, so take advantage of them. You want to send an email along. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca and the website, of course, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is always available as well. So we'll get to this, uh, uh, first couple minutes here before we break. And that is everything you ever needed to know about constructive dismissal. That, uh, that one dovetails nicely into that uh, that last week that was he had there so I mean right down to basic difference because a lot of people are wondering difference between a regular dismissal and a constructive dismissal what is the difference very important thing for everyone to understand constructive dismissal so a regular dismissal we all know yep. what it is you come into the office uh, boss says today's your last day unfortunately they let you go they give you some paperwork they pack up your office and you're gone that's a regular dismissal, okay? Everyone uh, seen it understands it. But a constructive dismissal is different. 
A constructive dismissal is a situation that the company is not letting you go. You are the one that are triggering the dismissal because uh. of something the company did. So you're triggering it because the company did something. They mistreated you. They changed the terms of your employment. They did something that made it very difficult to continue working. And you choose as the employee to say, I am going to consider my employment as being terminated. That's what a constructive dismissal is. And now, employer, you have to pay me severance. So regular dismissal, employer says, you're gone. And constructive dismissal, employee says, I'm gone because of something you did to me. 604-280-9898 is the number to call through. Laura, thank you for uh, standing by there for a moment. How are you this afternoon? I'm good. Um, I just Great. wanted to ask you something. I'm a, I'm a small business owner, and I haven't been to my store to work myself for about three and a half months because I'm 70, and I have a bad um, a lung problem and stuff like that, and I don't want to catch it. Um, but I'm still getting income coming in. I'm, I'm down about 40 45% in my business um am i entitled to anything so uh, you would be potentially entitled to the small business loan uh from uh, from the government uh that's something you would be entitled to depending on what you're paying yourself you may also be entitled to uh to the crb benefit but probably the easiest thing for you to be applied to is the the small business loan uh the forty thousand dollar loan from the government and you can apply it, uh, for that through your bank to my bank, and um, then you have to use that whole amount too, or how does that work? So you, you don't have to use it. It's it's guaranteed by the government, and a portion of that is going to be forgiven. Uh, you can use it. You you can use a part of it. If you if you have a business uh, loss of more than thirty percent, which you do, then you can absolutely qualify for that. Oh wow. Okay, well, thank you so much. You made my day. <laughs> Mary, thank you for standing by through that uh, short break. How are you this afternoon? Good, thanks. How are you? Great. What's uh, what's on your mind? I just wondered, um, I worked for a company for 15 years and was given what was called a one-year's working notice. I was management but uh, chose to be paid hourly um, and without benefits because I had benefits through my spouse. Um, when I got the letters that I was given one year's working notice. My salary didn't change. They said uh, nothing about my position would change, but I was not allowed to tell anybody that I had been given this working notice. I wasn't allowed to disparage the company, and it was given to me on their lawyer's uh, legal uh, letterhead. They said if I chose to not work out the full year, that I would um, not receive any severance pay, and um, that basically I would just give my notice, and at the end of the two weeks or a month or whatever I gave, I would just be left without any further compensation. Is that normal? Now, Mary, are you still working that 12 months notice? Uh, no, I, wor- I worked through about six months of it and, um, and then was um, robbed at knife point and they agreed to pay me out six months salary, but they would continue to pay me uh, bi-weekly as if I was still working. So they just didn't make me come into work. So I, I take it, Mary, you, you had to sign an agreement for, for, to get that six months? Uh, no, I never signed anything. Okay, I never so here, even signed the original letter. I understand. Okay, so an employer is allowed to provide working notice. Uh, so working notice counts towards your severance. So I'm going to give you an example. Let's say you're owed 16 months severance, but you get 12 months working notice. 
that 12 months counts towards the 16, meaning at the end you have to get paid the difference, which is four months pay. Now, you've been there, you were there for 15 years? Uh, yes. And, and how old are you, Mary? I know you said you were in a managerial position, but how old, how old are you? Uh, when I retired, when that happened, it was 10 years ago, I was uh, oh. 54. So you probably would have been entitled to probably 16 to 18 months pay, and so another, uh, you know, four to six months over what you've received. Uh, unfortunately, we can't go back now. There's a two-year no. limitation period. Uh, but yes, you, you would have been entitled to more. Uh, given the passage of time, not much we could do about that. But at least now, uh, I think some other people who may have been listening at least understand better the situation. Is that a very common thing, the working notice? It's, it is common, although 12 months is a lot. Usually we wouldn't see it for something that long, but it is legal to do. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Appreciate uh, your time and the phone call. 604-280-9898. Working on down the line. Dave, you're, uh, you're up next. Good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, you guys. Hope you're doing well. Yes, sir. Um, Go ahead. Good. I have a question. Um, I'm 65 now, and I am continuing working about... Uh, Four years ago, three years ago, I took a fall at work and I had to go through WCB and, and recovery and all that. And they deemed me uh, 10% disabled. And uh, this, they, I was awarded uh, uh, just under $400 a month uh, disability pension, I guess. And they said it would end at 65. Now, mm -hmm. I've always told them that I plan to work a year and a half, maybe two years past 65, because my body is still young to do that. And uh, uh, they said I had to appeal it. I sent in documents, which I thought was an appeal, stating here are my, my rent, my car payments, this and then this. Now, if I quit at 65, even with the other pensions, CPP, etc., I'm in the hole $50. And I thought that was it. Now, I got a letter last month stating your pension will be ending at the end of this month. You will not get uh, anything past June. And I called them up, and they said I had a year to uh, appeal that, which I thought I already had. So I'm kind of confused. So, Dave, obviously, I, I'd want to understand exactly what you sent and what they said to you. Uh, I want to see the original decision when they told you you're only going to get paid for a certain period of time. Uh, and we may be able to help you out here and, and, and get this resolved. But th there's more things that I need to see, much more than I can do here on radio. So, yeah. Dave, what I want you to do is I want you to reach out to me at the office. Uh, John here is going to give you my, my information, my, my contact information. Let's connect after the weekend, and let's have that discussion, okay? Okay. Thank you much. Thank you, Dave. Uh, very wise choice taking the time to call in here. That's why we do this show to reach out. Write it down. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Dave, and the number to get a hold of Lior at the firm at the office outside of the uh, radio show, 604-283-3123. And again, right here for the here and now remainder of the hour, 604-280-9898 is the one to call through and get your uh, your answers. Karen, thanks for uh, for standing by. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Great. Go ahead. My question is, I've got a small business, and um, I've lost probably 90% of my business. Uh, as far as stamps, I uh, reached the mark of over $20,000. Uh, I think we, we lost did, her. We literally just lost her. Karen, give us a call back if you can. Uh, we uh, we lost uh, lost contact. Going to move on to, uh, to Judith. Hi, Judith. Thank you for standing by. Let's give it a shot. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? Great, you sound good. Go ahead. 
Okay, um, I was just recently fired from the company I was working for. Um, I want to find out, is it possible for me to speak to a lawyer without incurring a consultation fee? Um, I called Lior's uh, company, and they told me that in order to talk to a lawyer, it would be $350 in tax. Before, I mean, I've just been fired. I don't have any income. I would like to know, is it possible for me to talk with a lawyer to find out what my rights are? Now, the company I was working for still owes me for 68 hours. I asked them, I said, the ROE they gave me is wrong. I need to have a corrected one, and I also need to be paid for those hours. They refused. They said, oh, we'll get back to you, we'll get back to you. So I put in a complaint with the Employment Standards Branch and said, look, I'm still owed 68 hours, and in order for me to apply for unemployment insurance, I need to have a corrected ROE. They have decided to just ignore me. They have also given me a release form that they want me to sign a release form, and they said, oh, well, we'll give you four weeks' salary if you sign this release form but they don't want me to hire a lawyer or to do anything. Right. And I, I'm kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. I don't know what to do. So, Judith, most of our consultations uh, are free, the vast majority. In some situations, when, when there's some documents to review, and, and a lot of time we, we charge a fee that is always credited back in terms of other work that we have to do. So you, you spoke with one of my colleagues. I, I don't know much more about your situation than that, but even if there is going to be, if you're one of those uh, exceptions that there's going to be a consultation fee, it's probably well, well worth it. Uh, you, you could be owed significant compensation. Happy to connect, happy to talk, and help you in any way. Judith, appreciate the call. You want to reach out again to Lior's team, 604-283-3123. Advise that you do help at employmentlawyer.ca. Still got a couple minutes here to go. You have uh, something on your mind like we've had on our callers so far. Just do it, man. Call, get some answers. It's so easy. 604-280-9898. In between that, back to the topic of the day, and that is everything you needed to know about constructive dismissal. Uh, so now we, we discussed what a constructive dis- dismissal is. It's something that's triggered by you, not you, the lawyer, you, the employee. But uh, give us some examples of common constructive dismissal situations. So as we said, constructive dismissal happens when you, the employee, choose to treat something that happened to you as a termination. So there's a number of uh, examples. Probably the, the most common one is a change to compensation, a pay cut, you know, a pay reduction, or you know, anything that impacts your compensation, a bonus being eliminated, commissions being eliminated or reduced. Anything that, that, that touches on compensation, if it's a negative thing, usually gives right to a constructive dismissal, usually if the change is more than 10% of your compensation. So change to compensation very often is a constructive dismissal. Also situations where you've been demoted uh, and you used to have a more senior position, maybe you were a manager, now you're not. Another situation is if your hours have changed. Maybe you used to work days, now your employer wants you to work nights, or you used to work Monday to Friday, now they want you also to work the weekend. Any change like that is something an employer doesn't have a right to, to implement unilaterally and gives you the right to treat that as a constructive dismissal. Some other examples may be situations where it's hard to continue working because you're mistreated or harassed. So there's a number of situations, always think about has my employer done something that makes it difficult for me or very difficult for me to continue working? If the answer is yes, that's when we're into uh, constructive dismissal territory. 
Let's take a, a short break and get right back to it. Everything you needed to know about constructive dismissal, we'll work our way down that list. Maybe a few emails. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. But to call in here and now and get some quick answers, get down the right road for sure. Really simple. 604-280-9898 is the number. Employment Law Show, CKNW. Back indeed. It is uh, 4.33. Plenty of time for you to uh, give us a call and ask your questions like we've had so far. Some great questions this afternoon, so we thank you for that. Live show continues, 604 604- Two eight zero nine eight nine eight. The email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca and the website designed just for you so you can have your own employment lawyer with you at all times. Fits into your phone too. He's pretty small. Pocket employmentlawyer.ca is that website. Check it out if only for interest. It is really robust and uh, and useful. Getting back to our topic for today and that is everything you ever needed to know about constructive dismissal. You know, you often talk about constructive dismissal in the context of workplace harassment. What's the connection between those two? Yeah, and for, it may not be obvious. So we the classic constructive dismissal is a situation where your employer has changed the terms of your employment. Uh, like I said, a pay cut, a salary or a compensation change, a change in hours and change in shifts, etc. Well, harassment is different, but it's still a constructive dismissal, and here's why. An employer has a legal obligation to protect an employee from harassment and to solve harassment issues if they happen in the workplace. So if an employer doesn't do that, if an employer uh, breaches that obligation by allowing, allowing harassment to happen, by not fixing the problem when they become aware of it, they've breached the terms of employment. Therefore, it makes it difficult for the employee to continue working, therefore constructive dismissal. So constructive dismissal is one of the remedies that's available to an employee that's being mistreated or harassed in the workplace. We all have a right, a very important one, to work in a harassment-free work environment. That means that we should always feel free to tell our boss, tell the owner, tell someone in a position of authority if we are being mistreated. Uh, that shifts the obligation on the company to deal with it, to investigate, to take measures to to fix the issue. If they don't, you reach out to me and I'll deal with it because one of the things you may be able to do at that point is to say, employer, you, you are, you're now making me go to work in a poison work environment. I don't have to do that. That's a constructive dismissal. That means I can leave and make you, employer, pay me my severance. That's something that happens with the, uh, harassment. If you're ever in that situation, if you find yourself being harassed, mistreated, remember, you do have that option to pursue constructive dismissal. If you'd like to do that or even to discuss it, give me a call. Uh, number to call in, by the way, still plenty of time, 604-280-9898, help at employmentlawyer.ca through email. The problem is, how do you actually prove that you've been harassed at work, especially, I'll, I'll even raise it one more rung, the person you want to report to, the boss, is the one doing the harassing. Yeah, it, it's never a good idea to, to kind of have a he said, she said situation. I'm not saying you can't prove that, prove it that way. You can, but it, it's not ideal. So the best way to, to prove something like that is to keep notes, to keep records as best you can. Have a journal, have a, a calendar, something where you write down what happened and when it happened around the time that it did happen. Send an email to someone confirming what they said to you, what they did to you. If your boss mistreats you, send an email saying, well, boss, today, here's what you told me. Or if it's a coworker, do the same. Now, if your your boss or the owner of the company is the one harassing you, there's really not going to be anyone you can talk to. At that point, we may have to skip a step and simply go directly to constructive dismissal. 
It can also be a human rights issue depending on the type of harassment that you're, you're seeing. So if you're not able to complain because the very person you would usually complain to is the one actually harassing you, reach out to me. We can deal with it externally. I can get you out of there with compensation rather than you continuing to work, suffer, eventually end up on a medical leave. Not a good idea. Yeah. You can keep that number anytime, by the way, 604-283-3123. That's to reach out to Lior and the team, help at employmentlawyer.ca. So now if you've been constructively dismissed, we, we know what that is. Now it's happened. Uh, what are you owed? So the, the severance that you get as a result of a constructive dismissal is the same severance you would be owed in a regular dismissal. So the law doesn't see a difference between the two. So our regular listeners know that if you're let go from your company, you're owed severance based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. And no, it's not a week per year. It's not two weeks per year. It's a heck of a lot more than that. But the same amount of severance is also owed to you if you've been constructively dismissed. So even though you're the one forcing the issue, your employer's obligations are going to be the same. And one way to find out how much you're owed, how much that severance is going to be for you, is simply to go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. John mentioned that a few times already. We have a severance calculator tool there at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca that allows you to find out how much severance you're owed, whether you've been let go, whether you've been constructively dismissed, or maybe you're just preparing for that eventuality. Maybe now during COVID-19, you're thinking the hammer's going to come down. They're going to let you go. They've already said that they're going to have to make some cuts. You need to know how much you're owed. Be prepared. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's free. It's anonymous. It takes seconds, uh, and, and it's accurate. So check it out. So maybe it's not a situation where uh, something like that's happened, it hasn't been harassment, all that, or maybe you've not been let go, but your employer's just come to you and said, you know what, we're changing this, this, and this to your job, maybe location, maybe hours, maybe lopping off your bonus. What do you do? So the, the first thing you want to understand is whether that change really does rise to the level of constructive dismissal, because not every change gives rise to it. So, you know, the example I, I like to use is if you usually work nine to five and now they said it's going to be 830 to 430, unless there's a really good reason why you can't do that, that's going to be okay. Uh, now, if you're making $80,000 and they're going to change it to seventy-eight, that's not going to make you happy, but that's okay as well because it's less than 10%. So one of the things you want to do to find out if the change that you're undergoing is, in fact, a constructive dismissal is, again, go back to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca because we have a constructive dismissal tool there that allows you to find out in your situation whether that is in fact a constructive dismissal. So if you go there to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, then you can answer a few questions, again, anonymously, and find out if it's a constructive dismissal. So, or you call me and you ask me and I'll tell you. So you want to find out, first of all, if it is. The concern here is this. If you don't find out and you continue working, you're going to be considered to have accepted it. And then it's too late to do anything about it. So be proactive. If you're undergoing or, or your, your employer is changing something, something important, your compensation, your hours, your responsibilities, Check it out, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, or call me. But you have to do something to find out what your rights are and how to pursue them. If it's something where you know it's a change, but you might be able to tolerate it, or at least give it a, you know, as we say, give it a spin because you like the workplace, you've been there for many years. Can you do that? Can you give it a shot, or and should you put something in writing saying, "I just want to try this out for a bit and see if it works for me"? So, say your employer says, "Well, I gotta, I gotta change you." Uh, from uh, you know Monday to Friday to Tuesday to Saturday, 
Right. Uh, and you're like, well, I don't know if I like that. I have usually plans, but I want to try it out. And that's okay. You can try it out, but two things. Number one, you want to tell your employer that you have concerns and you're going to try it out for a period of time before you decide whether you're comfortable with it long term. So tell your employer you're doing that. And number two, you can only really try it out for a short period of time. Let's say a month, no longer than that, because after that, you're going to be considered to have accepted it. Now that becomes your new term of employment, and now you can't go back on it. So if you are going to see a, cha- see a change to the terms of employment, if you want to try it out, take it for a spin, as, as we say, uh, that's okay. Tell your employer and only do that for a short period of time, and then you can still choose after that short period of time to pursue it as a constructive dismissal if that's what you want to do. So now after this last, you know, uh, you know, 40 minutes of chat talking about constructive dismissal, some people may still be on the fence. You know, they might not be sure if they should continue working or, pers- or pers- uh, pursue the constructive dismissal. What advice do you have for them to make the decision? Well, it, it really something it's something you have to give serious consideration to. I understand, of course, wanting to continue work. Of course, everyone is going to prefer that, all things being equal. But here's the problem. If you simply decide to, well, you know, I, I, I know that I could say constructive dismissal, but I want to continue working. The problem with that is once you've accepted that, the change, maybe it's a change in pay. Let's use that as an example. You're going to be the good soldier. Your employer cuts your pay, but, you know, I'll... I'll be the good soldier, soldier, I'll continue working because I don't want to yeah. lose my job. Great. Well, the problem with that is twofold. Number one is now you've given the company the right to do it a second and a third time because you accepted it the first time. So your employer didn't have a right to do it the first time. But once you gave them the right, once you've accepted that, now they can do it again. So you thought you may be doing it because it's a one-time thing. Well, guess what? The employer can do it again. But the, it also gets worse because if then your employer lets you go, now your severance is going to be calculated based on the reduced pay. So that's why it's so important to at least give consideration to constructive dismissal if your employer starts changing terms of employment. If you don't, you're going to be then in a situation where the job you have is no longer the job you used to have. That's not a good thing. Uh, at the very least, Let's have a chat about that. Let's talk about what your options are. Understand how much you'd be owed. Is it going to be enough for you to find another job? Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is a good tool to start with that analysis. Always happy to talk, but you can't just disregard this concept of constructive dismissal because you may regret it later. Yeah, you can reach out anytime. By the way, 604-283-3123. Get a hold of Lior, a member of his team, help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll try to get some emails before the end of the show today. And uh, we might move on in between the phone calls to understanding what exactly is a duty to accommodate. I'm sure you've heard the language, but we'll, uh, we'll dissect that a little further after we take a short break. Employment Law Show, CKNW. It is uh, 4.45, lots of time still uh, remaining in the show this hour, this live call-in show, 604-280-9898. We would like to discuss your employment rights. Always good to know since you spend about eight hours a day there, your entire working life, so it's good to be well-armed with the knowledge. Dave, thanks for thanks for standing by, as they say, pal. How are you? Uh, okay. Good. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was wondering what kind of compensation there is for retaliation for bringing a uh, uh, complaint to employment standards. My understanding is employment standards gives the minimum uh, payouts, uh, but if I pursue it in Supreme Court, uh, the, the payout is considerably larger. 
So the the employment standards can only enforce your minimum termination entitlements, okay? Only your minimum entitlements. So that means that's a week per year to a maximum of eight weeks. That's nothing. Uh, they cannot help you get your full termination entitlements. For that, yes, we, we need to engage your employer. We the, the nice thing is you actually don't have to go to court. 99.9% of these cases don't go within 300 feet of a courtroom. Uh, but that's what you have to do. Now, is this a situation, Dave, where you lost your job? It is. Uh, and how long have you worked for the company? Uh, about nine years. Okay. And what kind of a job generally, Dave, and how old are you? I'm 64, uh, cab driver. So you probably, given given the fact that you're you're a bit of an older employee, you could be owed as much as twelve months' pay. Actually, as much as twelve months' pay. Uh, what has your employer offered you anything? Oh no! See, uh, uh, there was another case before the federal tax court, and I won the first case in that. But they're they're under appeal. They're trying to appeal that one. So now, in the meantime, Employment Standards is going to make a ruling here pretty quick by the questions they're asking me so i want so, to I quickly so so the, the issue is really whether you're an employee or an independent contractor right well the federal tax court judge already said i was an employee right and from questions employment standards is asking me i think they've already if they've already surmised that i'm an employee because they're asking me about compensation questions yeah. So th- that often happens with uh, with cab drivers. Uh, they're always uh, misclassified as independent contractors when they really are employees. So, uh, Dave, let me help you get the, the severance that you're owed. You don't need to actually go through employment standards here because they can only get you up to eight weeks pay. And I told you, you could be owed easily 12 months pay. So it, it's a you kind of you're, you're treading water, and, and the end result is going to be you've waited and then have to start. May as well start now to get you what you're owed. So why don't you reach out to me off air? Let's connect. Let me help you get what you're owed, okay? Okay, thanks. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. See, that was a brilliant phone call. We go from a mere pittance to possibly 12 months in compensation. That's why you make the call, right? Dave, reach out 604-283-3123. Again, 604-283-3123. That's to get a hold of Lior after the show. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's a simple email address. Uh, speaking of emails, I want to get to Richard here. Richard says, guys, I just found out that some new employees my company has hired to get more vacation than I do. Can the company do that? Yeah, it's not going to make you happy, obviously, if you find out. Wait a second, I've been here for all these years. I get two weeks vacation. These guys are all now hired with three weeks vacation. What gives? It's not nice. It's not right. It's not fair. But it's also not illegal. An employer is allowed or is not required to give everyone the same amount of vacation. They should. It would be the right thing to do. But there's no legal requirement. Maybe someone is a better negotiator. Maybe the employer really wanted to hire someone. My advice is to talk to your employer and just have a good, frank, and, and, and uh, nice conversation and say, hey, sir, I understand these people are hired on these terms. I've been with you for longer. Uh, you know I'm a loyal employee. I'm a good employee. I want you to also give me that type of vacation. And I think most employers are going to be receptive to that. If ultimately your employer refuses, there's not going to be much that you can do here. Uh, but I, I still think it's worth to try. I wouldn't go and threaten and say, I'm going to leave if you don't do that. Have a good, frank discussion. And I, I think there's a very good likelihood that you'll be able to get something done. Want to get Barry next. Barry says, guys, my colleagues and I just found out that the company we work for will be shutting down at the end of the month. 
The owner of the company told us that because there are only five employees, we don't get severance. Is that right? An, a very common misconception yeah. that uh, people have everywhere is that only small, oh, sorry, only large companies have to pay severance, and the small little shops do not have to pay it. That's wrong. That's false. That's completely incorrect. If you're working for a small company or a large company, you get severance. In fact, you get the same amount of severance because the main factors are your age, your position, and the length of your employment. Not how big the company, how many employees, or how much money the company has. Their legal obligations are going to be irrelevant or they're not going to be affected by the size of the company. So yes, uh, in that, that situation, he's certainly owed severance. He's Depending on, on his age, it could be as much as 24 months pay pocketemploymentlawyer.ca to find out how much you're owed. So don't believe anything otherwise. That and the uh, the phone number, of course, when the show's not on, 604-283-3123, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Jessica writes in, says, Leor, I'm the only woman on the shop floor at my company, and I'm constantly put down and subjected to demeaning comments. I've spoken to the boss. Nothing was done. Do I have no choice but to quit? Well, you may not have a choice but to quit, but in the eyes of the law, that's not a a, a resignation. That's a termination with a potential human rights violation. At the end of the day, you clearly have a, a legal right, an important one, to be treated equally and fairly and properly. But if your employer won't, it's not like you can go there and start bashing heads. So as a practical matter, if you've tried to resolve it, well, now it's time to potentially... That take matters into our own hands by taking yeah. legal action. So let's pursue it as a human rights matter. It's also a constructive dismissal. If you're being mistreated, discriminated against, harassed, as I was saying earlier, that gives you the right to leave the workplace, but that's not a resignation. That's a termination, meaning you get severance. You can also qualify for EI because it's a termination. And in this case, it's also a human rights violation. If she's mistreated because she's a woman, that's discrimination based on sex. That's unacceptable. That's illegal. Uh, gone are the days where that was even remotely close to being acceptable. So uh, because of that, yeah, let's get you out of there. You've done the right thing. You've tried to resolve it. That's exactly what, what I would have told her to do. Speak to, to someone in, in power. Tell them what's happening. Give them the opportunity to make it right. If she's done that and they're not, she needs to get out of there and let me do what I do. Would that human rights angle uh, added to the uh, the back end of that make a uh, a sizable difference when it comes to compensation? Well, absolutely, definitely, especially yeah. when it comes to discrimination based on sex. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a large amount that she could be owed legally. You know, we we yeah. take these things seriously as a society, as a legal system. Uh, it's something that's unacceptable. So, absolutely, it could be a it could be a significant and important amount. Get on Leslie's email here. Leslie says, I work for a very large retailer and was let go with six months severance after 10 years of employment. I assume that this was fine, but after using your calculator, uh, severance pay calculator, it says I should get 12 months severance. Can this be? <laughs> John, you know what? I bet you that if you ask um, 10 people on the street, is, is six months appropriate for her? Uh, most of them, you know, eight or nine out of 10 say, yeah, that's that's a pretty darn good deal. You should take yeah, it and take run. Take it and run. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Well, no, that's not even close. And and yes, mm-hmm. what the the pocket employment lawyer and the severance calculator showed her is absolutely correct. Yes, she's going to be owed right around 12 months pay. Uh, it, it's because that's how the law operates. The longer you work, the older yep. you are, and the more senior a position you have, the more compensation is owed to you. So it's not six months. And most people that when they are let go, and John, over 90% of the time when people are let go, they're offered a lot less than what they're actually owed. We're talking about you know half or even less of what they're, what they're owed. So chances are, no matter who you are, no matter who your employer is, if you're staring at that severance letter, chances are you're owed significantly more than that. That's just the way it works. Don't believe me? Check out pocketemploymentlawyer.ca for yourself. We'll wrap it up today with Fred's email. says, guys, I was suspended without pay, and the company won't tell me when I can go back to work. Is there anything I can do? So generally speaking, a suspension without pay is not legal. An employer does not have a right to suspend without pay. They do have a right to suspend with pay as long as they're acting reasonably. But a suspension without pay is a constructive dismissal in most cases. Now, if you've been suspended without pay for a day, not going to make you happy, but probably doesn't make sense to pursue as a constructive dismissal. On the other hand, if you're being suspended without pay, you're you're sitting at home, your employer won't even tell you when that's going to be done, when you're back to work. No, that's illegal. That's exactly what a constructive dismissal looks like. So, uh, regardless, don't don't agree to that. If you can't get a data, uh, some guidance from your company when you're back. It's time to say, well, you know what? I'm taking matters to my own hand. I'm going to treat this as a termination and get severance. So very important for everyone to remember, an employer does not have a right to suspend without pay in a non-union environment. And we are done for the day. So there you go. Appreciate all your calls. You want to reach out further. Now is the time. You want to write these numbers down, these uh, these contact uh, information, 604-283-3123. The number, email that we use, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And as always, it's there 24-7 for you, absolutely free of charge and anonymous if you care to use it that way. And that is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show right here, CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.